C-O-N-T-R-A-C-T-U.ca. C-O-N-T-R-A-C. Contract. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader. 630 Chad. All right, 17 seconds left in the first half. Thursday night football, the Eagles leading the Vikings 10-7. Down to 12 seconds now. Eagles trying to get it within field goal range before the half runs out. Blue Jays in trouble against the Rangers again. They are trailing 4-2 in the bottom of the seventh. Great to have Cam Moon on the show checking in from Penticton. Again, if you want to uh, check out the Oilers games from the Young Stars Classic, they'll be streamed on uh, the Oilers website. And as Mooner told you, it's going to be a split broadcast uh, crew so one person uh, employed by uh, each team so uh, Mooner's doing the game tomorrow with Jamie Thomas which will be a pretty fun combination Elks and Rough Riders tomorrow on this very station so we will have uh, an abbreviated edition of Oilers now with Bob Stoffer from 5 to 6 Inside Sports will be preempted that means we ain't got no show uh, as the countdown to kickoff will start at 6 and the game will be at 7.30. Brendan Escott hosting the countdown to kickoff. Blake Dermott, part of our broadcast crew, and Morley Scott and Dave Campbell, who do the play-by-play in color, respectively, are in Regina. And Dave Campbell, who's also the producer of the show, is on the line right now. Hey, Dave. Good evening from the Queen City. <laughs> from the home of Trafon's Pizza. I went there tonight, by the way. Morley and I went there. Whoa, yeah. you went to Trafonts! We have uh, pizza in my fridge here. Because it's like, you order a large, you can't eat a large on your own, but you can possibly later, and there is breakfast pizza in there. Because it's ham and pineapple, the greatest breakfast pizza of all pizzas. So oh, there you go. wow. And how was the Trafonts? Did it live up oh. to the reputation we were talking about the last time you were there? Oh, my gosh. Like, I just feel like I'm on a cloud right now <laughs> of satisfaction and and happiness. And, you know, except Jalen Hurts took a, took points away from my fantasy football team because I have Devonta Smith on, in, in, the, in the game tonight. Um, but other than that, it, it cannot kill my joy of Trafon's pizza. It was it was it was heavenly. I'll, I'll just say that heavenly. All right. I'm uh, I'm glad to hear that. As uh, you are in Regina for tomorrow's game, let's just uh, who's the Eagles kicker here? I'm not even sure who is. They're trying a 61. Oh, no, the timeout. All right. Well, they're going to try a 61 yarder with four seconds left in the half. So well, they're trying to ice the kicker. Trying to ice the kicker. Does that? Why don't I don't think that works. I don't think the kickers care. I think if he misses the kick, it's just because he missed it, not because he was iced. Yeah, exactly. So he goes, "Oh, I get to kick another one." Now, if you nail it, then you're going, "Oh, I got to go kick it again." Darn it! But Anyway. Yeah, they didn't have time to snap this one and, and do a kick that didn't actually count. All right, so uh, you're in Regina, and the game is – they're on the same time as us right now. Right? Yes. Us as Saskatchewan, so it's not a overly late game. Now, this one might actually start closer to 740 or 745. Is that the secret info here? Yeah, so for, you know, you remember those uh, late hockey games, you know, 830, no, 850, because it was on at ESPN in the – in the states there so yeah same thing uh except this you know we're out of these sunday games except for you know the great cup game where we play on sundays but we don't have the thursday games or the sunday games anymore like we did in the summer to go along with friday and saturday so you're seeing double headers on uh on friday and saturday you see the odd triple header 
which I'm not sure about. Uh, I don't think they do very well in the in the ratings, so I don't think that's why you, you don't see very many triple headers. But anyway, so the first game out east is in Montreal. The Alouettes at home to the Argos. They're at 5, and then we're scheduled to start, well, it says 7.30, but more likely it'll be 7.45, 7.50. So a bit of a longer wait to get this one going, and they're going to have their lights-out game tomorrow at Mosaic. It's pretty cool where they'll dim the lights uh, at the start of the game, and have these really cool effects. They did this last year uh, when we were here around the same time in September and 22. And then during the commercial breaks, they will dim the stadium and they will do you know kind of funky little light light stuff. So it's pretty it's pretty neat. Oh, cool. Okay, yeah. And of course, uh, the Elks did win there last year. They they led most of the way. The Riders went ahead late, and then Cornelius uh, engineered a quick little drive with the help of Darrell Walker and Castillo got the uh, game winning field goal right at the. Uh, Right. Mm-hmm. That might have been the last time the Elks won before they beat Hamilton this year, I think. So, You're right. Yeah, yep. they, they had a bit of a losing streak, obviously. Look, uh, being around the team, it's interesting. Like, the players have all acknowledged how that the, that the losing sucked. Nobody knew it. They knew the record. But a lot of guys have said we never stop working and we never stop trying to support each other. Is that corny athlete talk, or do you actually sense that that's, that was the attitude of the team? I think that was more the attitude of the team for sure. So, you know, I compared this team to last year's team, and, you know, there are some guys on this team, and it wasn't a lot of guys, but there's a handful of players that honestly checked out by this point and, and were only there for themselves and had no interest in team goals and couldn't wait for the season to end where this year i think this group has been uh, a much more together group i think uh, both chris jones and, and jura simon did a good job of vetting and and bringing in better character people and uh you know hungry young people who want to be here and you know they're, they're the youngest team in the cfl and they're kind of you know they paid for it early obviously with that 0-9 start um, but I, I honestly think that this group has been, it's not, you know, it's not word play or word candy or whatever you call it. It's, you know, we're not buttering it up here. I mean, I think authentically this has been a good group. Um, now what we're seeing is that's never changed. But what we're seeing now is a confident group, uh, a group that is starting to be more on the side of belief than doubt. And last week's game was, was huge because, you know, it was, it was like the, the St. Peters and Elks switched bodies, you know. And the Elks were not very good for three quarters, and then they were really good for, for the last quarter. Um, but they found a way to win in the fourth quarter. You know, in this game, yeah, good starts are one thing. But the game is won and lost in the fourth quarter uh, for, 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 many, uh, for, for many football games. And they found a way to win. So now I think belief is the next step and confidence, and we're seeing that grow. And it's really interesting, speaking of growth, and, and I've said on this show, I know you've heard me, that yes, they, they want to win. The playoffs are still mathematically possible, though it's going to be tough. But a lot of how this season is is going to be remembered is going to center around how much Trey Ford develops and then where he can go into the future. And you talk about growth, and, and then you have to be reminded, and I've brought it up, and then I, I you know, I saw on, on TSN Sports Center this afternoon, he only played like seven U Sports games. I mean, that's yep. the amazing thing. He's he's coming along as a pro quite nicely after virtually not having a college career compared to a lot this, of players. This is unheard of. Like this is really unheard of. And you know, we got to remember, and this is only his. You know, fifth start this season, coming into a sixth tomorrow. He had three last year, 
really you can only say he had you know two. I mean, he barely played that game at home against the Stampeders when he hurt his collarbone. But he has started more professional games at this point than he did in college, right? Which is which is unthinkable for a second year player in the pro ranks. And you know, I saw that same uh, Sports Center piece as well. And you know, Farhan Lalji made a great point that. His he, he believes that the style of play of Trey Ford right now, and I agree with him wholeheartedly, that this is sustainable and that his legs are buying him time to learn the passing game, like Damon Allen did uh, when, when, he was, uh, when he was younger and you know as a member of the, of the Green and Gold back in the 80s. So Trey Ford is using this great athleticism and his legs. And, you know, he doesn't throw a terrible football either. You know, I think he, he learned last week that – you know, if defenses play some games with them, um, you know they can they can have some success and, and and get turnovers. But you can't deny that. Look at his speed; he's four four speed. There's no one in the league that can keep up with him really, unless you're a defensive back, and they're not going to play that down in the box, obviously, uh, to try and to try and spy Trey Ford. There's no point spying a guy that you can't keep up with; it's just pointless. So, you know. He's he's buying time with his legs. He's buying time with his, with his athleticism, and I think another player or another or, well another player in this whole equation who is not a player. He's the offensive coordinator who was a former player and quarterback in Jerry Jackson. He deserves so much credit for believing in Trey Ford, believing that he could bring um, some elements to the team that they were lacking and that they were needing. And he has built an offense around Trey Ford and what he's comfortable with. What we're seeing out here is so far pretty remarkable. Now it's just building off of it on every start and, you know, making sure he's just a little bit better each game. All right. Uh, Stephen Dunbar Jr. is out in the receiving core. Who's going to step in? Well, Gavin Cobb, who uh, I know you had him on the, this show before the start of the season. Uh, the first round draft pick in 2022 out of the University of Manitoba has worked so hard this year after uh, busting his ankle in preseason in 2022 and missing the whole year. And what I'm excited about is he's going to play the, the slot position beside Eugene Lewis on the uh, short side of the field. So, you know, um, he has big play ability. And I think he's someone that's going to slide right in. And I think he'll do just fine. So, and, you know, I don't think he's going in to be a bit player or, you know, a token Canadian that maybe gets two targets a game. You know, maybe it works out that way. But he's playing in a pretty, um, pretty marquee spot in that short side slot back receivers uh, position. So we're going to see him. And that, uh, to me, that is just a really big vote of confidence by the coaching staff that they're going to put this kid in that in that position. So I'm looking forward to see what Gavin Cobb can do in that spot. Yeah, you know the the Elks are uh, using a quarterback that was very low on the depth chart at the start of the season. The Riders are doing the same thing. Theirs is more <laughs> injury related. Jake Delagala, a uh, huge man, obviously. Uh, what what do we know about him? How dangerous is he going to be? Well, you know. It's funny because a lot of people talked about his six foot seven frame, and you know it's funny. I, I saw him walk into the uh, into the press room because I was able to get here early enough that I was able to go to the stadium and, and take part in the uh, the riders' avail. And I'm like, boy, this is a tall man. But you know, when you've been around Taylor Cornelius for the last three seasons, you're kind of used to seeing a tall quarterback, right? But you know, Dolagala is six seven, right? So that's 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 a huge man. Um, 
you know what? He's, he can throw the football. And, you know, last week he was pretty, pretty much nullified or neutralized by the Bomber defense. But before that, he was throwing the ball pretty well, over 300 yards passing in each game. And uh, the thing with him is, you know, he hasn't thrown a touchdown pass in, in, in the last two games. But, you know, I talked to Chris Jones about him. And, you know, Chris was saying he throws the ball very well. He can throw it anywhere. But what people got to understand is, yeah, he's 6'7", but he can move around the pocket and he can change throwing lanes. So, and, you know, he's, he's, a big, he's a big, tall target. So, you know, that makes it maybe a bit easier for the defense because they, they know where he is. But at the same time, man, he can make throws anywhere on the football field. And, um, you know, he's been in the system also. He's been in the – you know, around the team for the last two, three seasons. So that is something that is very helpful to him, and he's given the team some confidence. All right, Dave, uh, I'm glad you're filled up on Trafon's pizza. I'm sure you'll uh, sleep well, and then you can grab some for breakfast. Really looking forward to this uh, this game, buddy. It'll be uh, an Elks team trying to get on a roll against a likely – well, we're going to find out a lot about the Riders. If they play angry, yeah. then uh, we'll see. If they play uh, – uh, a little disinterested after losing 51-6. That's going to say a lot about where they're headed to. So we'll see. Absolutely. I'm looking forward to it. And I'm also looking forward to, say, at 3.30 in the morning, I wake up and go, hmm, I would like a slice before coming back to sleep. I can do that. <laughs> That's awesome, buddy. Okay, we'll talk to you tomorrow. <laughs> okay. Thanks, Reed. All right. That is uh, Dave Campbell. Proud patron of Trafon's Pizza in uh, Regina as they get set uh, to call the Elks uh, the Rough Riders tomorrow on 6.30. Chad, Dave tonight presented by Cougar Paint and Collision, our family helping your family for 40 years. It's 7.47. It's Inside Sports on Chad. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins is brought to you by James H. Brown and Associates, Alberta's precedent-setting injury lawyers. Weeds of the Stone Age. Good stuff. The Blue Jays trailing the Rangers 7-2 now in the top of the eighth. This uh, week has been Awful for the Jays. Looks like they're going to lose all four games against the uh, Rangers. So the, uh, well, I mean, they're still in the playoff hunt, but they were in a playoff spot at the start of the week. They're going to be, uh, well, they are out of one tonight. They'll remain out of one after what looks like another loss. The Thursday night football game presented in glorious high definition. 13-7 Eagles uh, leading the Vikings. They just kicked off for the third quarter as uh, the Eagles did make a 61-yard field goal as time expired in the first half. Of course, the, the the kickoff was a touchback, as it often is in the NFL. I've mentioned numerous times when I do watch NFL with my dad, he hates the touchback. It just in terms of they can just kick it through the end zone or the ball lands in the end zone, there's not even a return. There's now a rule in the NFL 
that you can call a fair catch on a kickoff and then you just get the ball on the 25. That happened in the uh, the only game I saw it in was Seahawks and Rams. The uh, Rams player caught the ball on the five after making the fair catch signal. So that's it. Doesn't even have to return it, even though it's not in the end zone. My dad wants the returns. He wants as many violent collisions as possible. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> 780-496-0063 is the Certainty Hotline. We have Doug on the line. Doug, thanks for listening. Thanks for calling. Go ahead. Hey, no problem, Reed. I heard Dave's comment about uh, Trey Ford and Damon Allen, and I think that's a really apt uh, apt comparison. But actually, Trey Ford almost reminds me a little more of a really young Tracy Ham for a couple reasons. One, I mean, just the explosiveness you see out of his feet, his ability to, to open things up for himself. But I will say about Ford, maybe in comparison to Ham, is that early in Ham's days, he, I mean, he was not a great passer. He developed that as he went along. But for Ford, the nice thing that, to me about him is how well he keeps his eyes downfield. So even as he's moving in the pocket, you know, testing the edges, he's able to keep his eyes downfield. And, and though I don't know that he's got the strongest arm in the world, he's enabled himself to, you know, using that good vision to find guys open. So to me, that's where he's maybe a little bit ahead of the curve of, of a guy, as you said before, who hasn't played a lot of football as a starting quarterback. You know, Doug, it's interesting, you know, when you make comparisons to other players. And, uh, yeah, certainly, uh, you know, Allen and Ham, great scramblers. Ham, uh, perhaps Ham at his best. Like, 1989 Ham was one of the most spectacular seasons ever. Because he, yeah. he he rushed for over a thousand yards and his team went sixteen and two, even though they were eliminated in the West Final that upset against Saskatchewan. Allen had an incredibly long career, and that's the one thing that keeps coming up with Trey Ford: keeping his eyes downfield. He is better at that. I'm going to compare him to a more recent quarterback. In, in though, just stay with me here. He is better at that than Mike Riley was early in his career. Yeah. Yep, I would agree. I would 100% agree with that. I, that was my concern about Riley when he first came here. Was I mean, not the cleanest throwing motion either. And you're right. He was. He would get locked in, either locked in on guys, or he would default to running far sooner than we're seeing with Ford early in his career. No, I, I completely agree with you. Yeah, and I, and I know Chris Jones t- talked about working on that with with Riley even in 2014 when the team started to get a lot better, that when he when he got out of the pocket, keep the ball in a throwing position. Now, yeah. now Riley wasn't as fast as Ford. He didn't run as often as Ford has been running. Um, but yeah, Riley would often look to tuck and run. Now, Riley was obviously what 245 and he yeah. would try to run over guys ford can run yeah. run past him. but i think that is an important distinction because riley became a league mop and one of the best quarterbacks in the league for about a five-year stretch i mean he was he was him and bo levi before Kalaros sort of took over the mantle um yeah. ford is already further along in keeping his eyes downfield the thing for ford is Will he get as sharp at reading the defenses as as because if Ford ever starts to line up and be like, oh yeah, it's been a few months, but I've seen this before, or right. yeah. in 2027, is he going to be like, oh yeah, this is what they did to me on Labor Day in 2023. I know what to do. If he ever reaches that point, it's going to be pretty scary. Yeah, no, you're right. And uh, I mean, Ham is MVP back in '89. He started to figure that out that season using his feet and, like you said, being able to. To find guys downfield. I mean, I'm not trying to say that Ford is going to be Tracy Ham, but but the but yeah, the comparison to him is there, and I agree with yours on Riley as well. 
Hey, Doug, thanks for listening. Appreciate the call, man. You bet. Thanks, Reed. Okay, that's Doug checking in, 780-496-0063. It's exciting to talk about Ford. I know I get the odd message, slow down, slow down. Look, he's got potential. The, the team's been miserable. As I said, really going back to the middle of 2018, they haven't been very good. Uh, so let's embrace this, this young Canadian quarterback learning on the job and kind of winning on the job. He is 3-2 and two as a starter this season. All right, so... Uh, tomorrow, you can get me on Chelsea on Ched from 2 to 5. Stoff has Oilers now from Penticton from 5 to 6. He has an abbreviated show. No inside sports because the countdown to kickoff starts at 6 and the game is at 7.30. Elks at Rough Riders. Dave Campbell's the producer of the show. Kellen Kennedy, your studio producer. My name's Reed. Thanks for listening.